this morning, uh, I made reference to it a little bit earlier, preaching a message called The Fire Church, Roadmap to Fire. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I believe that this text is the roadmap to fire for our church. I believe the Lord has given me this message for us today. It's going to speak to who we are and where we're going, what we're doing. And everyone who calls Stratford Heights their home church will need to know about this message because it's going to help us to continue to be what God has called us to be in this day and hour. How many of you know we need a fire church? It was, oh, I, it's been a year or two now, Sister, sister uh, I won't call her name out, I won't embarrass her, but come up to me, they were visiting with us, and she came up and she said, I just want to introduce myself, and she told me a story about how she had went to the library, and she had talked with this lady behind the counter, and she asked them, she said, you know, my husband and I, we're looking for a fire church. And the lady behind the counter just happened to go to Stratford Heights Church of God. And she said, well, you need to go to my church because it's a fired up church. And is this like, is this okay? Are you all okay over here? Richard, maybe we could move it right here. And then you'll need to do that one because it's OCD. (laughs) I like to look in people's faces and I'm looking through the flag, you know. She was looking for a fire church. And thankfully, when she got here, she testified that this was indeed exactly what she was looking for. And they've been here ever since. And we're excited about that. But as I was coming back from Ruach, the conference that me and several of the other pastors were at, had privileged to be at this week, I kept thinking about we need to be a fire church. I kept going over and over and over in my heart that we need to be a, a relevant church. A revelation church. We need to be a fire church. And Lord, this church is 103 years old and we've got a responsibility and we've got things we've got to accomplish and you're getting ready to come soon. What is the message to Stratford Heights? And he says, stay on the firing line. Keep on the firing line. And that's the message I believe the Lord has given me today. And I'm going to read from Romans chapter 12. Is it all right if we read the Bible in here today? Can we read the Bible in church? Good. I'm glad you feel that way because we're going to read all 21 verses. So sit back and get ready to be blessed because the the book of Romans is an amazing book. I said this in the first service. Romans is, I always encourage new converts, study Romans. Look at Romans. Romans is like the whole gospel presentation. It's the whole theology of who we are. If Romans is anything, it's a book of theology. It starts with chapter 1, goes all the way to the end with everything you you and I need to know to understand what we believe in and how to live a victorious life. Right about midway at chapter 12 is where we are, and that's where it shifts a little bit and changes to what has been done for us and what's been provided to us through the Lamb to how now do we and should we respond and how should we live. And so here we have the words of Paul telling us what I believe, giving us a roadmap to fire. This is how you stay victorious. You want to know how to stay victorious in your Christian life? Memorize chapter 12. Listen to this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. How many of you know we need one another? We need one another. Casting all of our cares on him who cares for us. But he also says, carry one another's burdens. We need each other in order to fulfill the the kingdom assignment in this earth. Having then, how does he do that? 
gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Man, this is good preaching. Be kindly affectionate to one another. Oh, I just got to read that again. Be kindly affectionate towards one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit serving the Lord rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation continuing steadfastly in prayer distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality Oh, the, do you realize how good all this is? Oh, you ain't hearing me. This is good stuff. Say amen. amen. Bless those who persecute you. It gets harder. Bless and do not curse them. Don't have road rage. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. You mean no pride goes before a fall. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, wow. Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And lastly, verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let me read the Phillips translation. This was my great-great-uncle. I'm just kidding. Romans 12 and verse 9, uh, verse 11, listen to what he says in the Phillips translation. Let us not allow slackness to spoil our work. Let us keep the fires of the Spirit burning as we do our work for God. Base your happiness on your hope in Christ. When trials come, endure them patiently. Steadfastly maintain the habit of prayer. Can I get an amen? Amen. Father, we ask your blessings on the word of God. Ask you to challenge us by your Holy Spirit. Let lives here be blessed and touched according to their need. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I call this chapter that we're in this morning, Roadmap to Fire. Roadmap to Fire. A church that's on fire. God's calling us to make sure that the fire stays alive. Now, I have grown up in church. I love going to church. I have been somebody in my, my whole life. I have gone to church from when I was a wee little lad. And uh, that was quite a few, a few years ago. And I am older than Cameron. So we'll just leave it at that. But I love church. I love going to church, visiting other churches. I, when I first got saved, I, it wasn't enough for me to just go on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. It wasn't enough. I'd find revivals to go to, and I'd trail all over the place. I'd pack my car up with people. We'd just go to one revival after another. I'd, if I heard of a revival happening somewhere, I'd go. I couldn't hardly stand it. I loved being in God's house. I loved being in the presence of the Lord. I'd go on vacation. I'd find some place to be. My aunt and uncle, they watch from Sevierville, Tennessee, and uh, they're in Bristol now, but they're moving back to Sevierville, but they, they watch, and they're online right now, and all of our friends online. We've been having well over 1.5, 1.6 thousand people watching every week through our Facebook Live program on, on, uh, on social media. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hi, y'all. Is this my good side? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't have a good side, okay. But I, I've, when I go to Tennessee, I've enjoyed different times that I've been able to go, and I, I love visiting their church. It's, uh, it's the Sevierville First Baptist Church. And uh, it's a wonder, I know, some of you are going, <gasps> our pastor went to a Baptist church? And you know what? I love it. Love it. Boy, the pastor preaches so amazing. I remember my father and I were there on a Sunday after my mother had passed away, not too long after she had passed away. And the ma- he preached a masterful message on the rock of ages. And it was just the perfect word for me and my dad going through that time of loss. And I, I just enjoyed it, and I spotted three or four people even in that crowd. There was about 3,000 in the building, and they, I know people were lifting up their hands during the worship, and it was just awesome. And, you know, what's really cool is, like, Lee Greenwood is, like, sitting right over there, and I'm just, like, proud to be an American. <laughs> you know, it's awesome, you know. See him, my aunt says, oh, every now and again I'll be walking up the steps with Lee, and, and I'll just say Hi. <laughs> He worships with them, and it's awesome, you know. It's a great church. I, I love going to church. I love all kinds of different churches. I can appreciate the, the big churches, small churches, medium churches. I can appreciate southern gospel churches, contemporary churches, all the, on, the ones that sing only the hymns, bless the Lord, or the ones that sing the contemporary hill songs, praise songs. I love that. I love going to Hispanic churches. I love going to uh, different cultural churches, Hispanic churches, black churches, white churches. I love all kinds of different churches. It doesn't matter. De- denominations. I like visiting other denominations. I like to visit the Baptists, the Methodists, the Pentecostals, the first church, second church, third church, fourth church, and non-denominational churches, which is really just another name for Pentecostal churches. And I think we need them all. We need them all. We need them because of this reason, I think real churches are important and necessary. We don't always necessarily agree on every little thing, but if a church is teaching, preaching, and glorifying Jesus Christ, then I believe we ought to support them, love them, and say amen. There needs to be unity in the body of Christ. And I genuinely, if you're a loud worshiper, I'm right there with you. I'm going to be like, hallelujah, glory to God. I'll be out in the middle of the aisle and I can do it. I did it this weekend. That's why I got this Shambok voice I'm dealing with this morning. All weekend long at Ruach. Man, I was out there in the middle of the aisles. Our guys were. We were just worshiping God. You know, it was awesome. I've lost, practically lost my voice, but it does give me a little bit more mm, when I preach. So I'm cool with that. If you're a whispering person, Jesus, I love you, Lord. I'm just going to nod my head. And I'm going to say, I'm good. I'll find a way to worship the Lord. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care who's singing, who's preaching. I don't care who's, I'm not asking what the song list is about. I could care less who's on, who's off, who's speaking, who's not speaking. Because I don't come for that. I come to connect with Jesus. I come to connect with Jesus. As long as it's about Jesus, I'm going to love you, I'm going to worship with you, and I'm going to say amen. Because that's what we need right now. Pastor Brian and Richard and I were traveling back in the car from, and Jonah was with us, and we were traveling back from, from Ruach Conference. And as we got halfway to Ohio, we were talking about the conference, and we were talking about the people and the friendliness of the church and the atmosphere. And, man, those people, man, hold up. Somebody has put something in their Coca-Cola because they are like, these people just like, hi, how are you? We're so glad to see you. You know, you walk in the front door, and you that. I'm walking in the door, and this lady's looking at me, and she's like, how are you, baby? How are you doing, girl? Oh, boy, how are you doing? And she's hugging on me, and I'm like, I don't know you. Who are you? But I'm, like, happy because she's all friendly, and she's all being all And I turn right around, and I go three feet, and, hey, how are you doing? It's good to see you. Welcome to Ruach. And I'm just like, wow, that's awesome. All these friendly people, weren't they? I mean, down around every corner. I couldn't even go. I went in the sanctuary and had to go past Five people standing there going. And I was just like, wow, what are they putting a water fountain here? I'm going to put it in Stratford Heights right now. We're going to do this. Awesome. They're so friendly. But, you know, we were talking about that. And we were talking about what makes a church 
real, what makes the church authentic, what makes a great church, what makes a good church. And as we were talking about that, Pastor Brian said, you know, I'll tell you what, we can go all these places, and I've been to lots of places, but I love our church. And I said, yes, sir, I love Stratford Heights. I love our church. And we love it. You know why? Because we don't just come here to do church. We're the kind of church that believes that when we come together in the name of Jesus Christ, God shows up. That's what we do. We do that. We come together believing this could be the moment for a breakthrough. This could be the moment, the time when the move of God sweeps across this audience. This could be the hour where a sound like a rushing mighty wind just might come running through this place and tear us up. People get healed in our altars. They get saved in our altars. They get delivered in our altars. And that's what makes this a church that I love. It's a church that's on fire. And my challenge to us today is to stay in that place of breaking, to stay in that place of shifting, to stay in that place where the power of Almighty God is ready. I mean, every time we come together in this house, the dry season is over. Amen. Now, you say amen with me a lot, and I'll get you to Frisch's a whole lot sooner. I came in the door this morning worshiping. I didn't even look at the song list. I had no idea who was speaking. Oh, it was me. (laughs) I didn't look at the song list. I didn't know who was up. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I came in here all the way to the church. I was listening to my music on the radio, message on satellite. I was listening to Christian music, and I was looking at the sky, and I was like, Lord, I'm going to your house, and I don't care who's preaching. I I guess I do, but I don't care who's singing. I don't care why we're there. I don't care what the song is. I care. It's not about the song. It's about who we're singing to. That's what matters to me. It's about the God we sing to. As long as God is God and Jesus is glorified in this house, I'm going to have something to worship. I don't, I'm not going to worry about any of those other things. And we've got to be a fire church. We've got to continue to be the church that, that literally will come in here on purpose, intentional, ready to worship, not sitting back, vacillating back and forth. We've got to be on our game, intentional, on purpose when we walk in the doors because we want to be a fire church. The only way... To remain a fire church is that Jesus is the forefront of everything else we do. I had it up here earlier, but I had a, a, an order of service. And, and I, I'll show you, we, we do a lot to plan the order of service. We put it all out here. We got it down. We've got it to a science. And we put everything down here because we believe that we ought to do everything with excellence. We, had to do, we try to order everything and put everything together like it should, but we also come in here with a complete mindset that says if we can put a whole lot of planning in our services, but if it's not Jesus, 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 then all the planning is in vain. We don't come in here ready to do anything to orchestrate the plan and the work and the move of God. We come in here today to touch the hem of his garment and to make sure that we are a church that he's pleased with. There's a lot of, a lot of talk out there. As a pastor and a state council member and a district overseer of those 18 churches, I hear a lot. I talk to a lot of pastors and we just came back from this conference where we had occasion to be in several workshops and several conversations that dealt with church and, you know, how church growth and those kind of things. And uh, some of the, the talk that we had, we ended up in a, in a workshop where it was talking about the, the new millennials and the, 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 the young adults that are coming on the scene now in the church. And I heard a lot of complaints, you know, a lot of complaints about this generation. And pastors saying, well, we're losing the millennials. We're losing the next generation because they don't just want God like we did back in the day. They want God and they want everything else too. They got to have a cool theme and a hot series and a light show and all the extras and all the, all the, the bells and the whistles and and bet with that, you can hear those preachers there. Back in the day, brother, we used to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night for YPE, and we were there every time the doors were open. Bless God, we used to walk to church with uh, tennis rackets tied to our feet through the snow. Didn't have a coat, had to walk and shiver all the way there, but bless God, we got the coals out of the old stove and we got into church. 
That wasn't in my notes. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I was listen, I'm listening to all those arguments. I'm listening, but yet I'm watching as well. And while I agree that especially the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of such is, but even the more so as you see the day of the Lord approaching, I believe we need to have a love for the house of God. Can I get an amen? We need to love his house, and we need to, no, we need his house. We need one another. We need good preaching. That's what the preaching is there for. It's designed to help us to grow in our journey. We need the fellowship of the brothers. We need to connect with one another. We need all these things that make up the, the vision of our church. We need to embrace God together, corporately, as well as individually. We need to connect with one another, carry one another's burdens. We need to pray for one another, praying that God will touch us and use us together for our community, not only for our families, but for the street, for the nations. But we also, you know, we need to pursue growth together, and that's, it happens. Iron sharpens iron. We help each other to grow in our relationships with God. And then we're called to serve. And you can't serve by yourself. I mean, you can but you offer up that hostess cupcake to yourself sitting with the remote control and you ain't doing much for the kingdom. We're called to serve the world and we do that together. And so in the process, we understand and I agree that we need to have a mindset that says that God's house is important. We need to be about serving the Lord and we need to have a desire to be in his house. Come on. We need to have a want to in our hearts to be in God's house. I love being in God's house. Man, when I, when I first came to this church, we were at the old Harlem Park building. And I can tell you, I, I worked at Dayton, at Salem Avenue, Best Products. And I would get off at 6 o'clock p.m. And it would just drive me crazy. I'd get in my big green Delta 88 Royal Oldsmobile, pea green. It was pea green. And I would get on that highway at 6.02. I'd clock out. I'd be in the car and I'd be trailing. I couldn't get there fast enough. I would trail down that highway and I'm roaring down through there and I'm getting to Middletown. And it would take me 45 to 50 minutes every single time I'd get there. It'd be about five minutes till 7 o'clock. But I'd roll in that parking lot. I'd get out of the car and I'd get excited. Man, I was a young man. I was a teenager. I'd get excited. I'd, I'd hear them singing in, in the house. It'd come through the doors and I couldn't, I'd get across the street. I'd open up that door and I'd smell the mints and the perfume of all the ladies hit me all at once. And I was so excited, I'd get in there, I'd slip in on the back row, and either Ron Medley or Lane Sargent or somebody else would be preaching, the regents would be singing, and they're singing about Beulah Land or something like that, and I would just get in there, and I didn't care whether it was Southern Gospel, didn't care if it was a choir, didn't care who was preaching, didn't matter to me, all I cared about was I couldn't get in God's house fast enough, and I got in there, and the power of the Lord would fall, and I loved every single minute of it, couldn't wait for the next service, I'd get in my car after service because I wouldn't I would make sure I was in the altar I didn't never one time I thought I was going to be real spiritual and I sat back and thought well I don't need the altar this evening got in my car and the Lord whooped me all the way to Trotwood I knew I needed to be in that altar I didn't want to cheat myself or God out of a time of intimacy with him and I, I felt that, and I knew that in my heart, and I'd get all the way back to Trotwood, another 45 minutes of praising God out loud, praying in my car, thanking him for a great church. I called my mom on the big old phone. You know how we had them back then. It was like, wow, wow, right? It was like way up here like this, and a big old antenna coming out. And I'm just like, hey, mom, hold on. Hey, mom. Mom, you're never going to believe it. This church. Mom, you know how it is in Every year we wait until we go to camp meeting to, to get good church, to hear good preaching. No offense against brother so-and-so, but we, we grew up, I grew up in a small church and, and, and it was more of a struggle and a wrestling match. And we didn't have a lot of singers. We didn't have a lot of folks. And, and I loved it. It was amazing. And I, I was the church clerk at 17 and my mom was the Sunday school teacher and we poured our all into it. But here I am, you know, I've been led down here to Middletown, and, and I, it was new to me, it was foreign to me, and I got down here, but I called my mom on the way home, and I was just like, Mom, Mom, you're not going to believe it. 
This place is like camp meeting. It's camp meeting on Sunday. I mean, I'm not, we don't have to wait for a year. We can literally come here and have camp meeting on Sunday. It's amazing. Mom, the power of the God fell. The Holy Ghost fell. People shouted, Mom. Mom, they ran the aisles. Mom, you wouldn't have believed it. There was a man that ran the aisles of the church house. My mom was crying on the other end of the phone. And she's like, baby, I'm so glad that you found that. I'm so glad the Lord touched you tonight. I said, Mom, you got to go with me next Sunday and you know it ended up my mom ended up teaching Sunday school here and my whole family ended up coming here why because this was a fire church it was a place where God met with his people and I'm determined all these many many decades later that as long as I'm on my watch this is going to be a house of fire. This is going to be a place where the power and the presence of God is able to meet with people. And if you need to shout, brother, you shout. If you need to worship and dance, you dance. If you want to run, you run. But I'll tell you what, it all, at the end of it all, it'll be about Jesus, 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 Jesus. We do that and we are the church on fire. This is my church. I woke up this morning. It's my community. This is where I do church. I love my church. Jesus is glorified here. I'm called to be here. So I'm showing up no matter what. I'm wore out. <laughs> These pastors, people talking, made the comment, well, you know, the next generation of young adults. They have to be persuaded to come to church. I listened and also observed something completely different. I don't agree. I believe that's a big problem. Nowadays, we've got drive-through churches and cookie-cutter churches where they bake their worship services in an easy-bake oven. Nowadays, there's no content, whole lot of Glamour, a whole lot of lights, a whole lot of stuff. And don't get me wrong, because you're talking to the wrong guy. I like lights. I, I'm, I'm the youth pastor that got pulled out of a, tr out of, out of a bus one time with my young people. Because I, I used to clamp about 36 floodlights, red, yellow, blue, yellow, whatever. <laughs> I'd hang them all. I'd color them. I'd color up my stage. I made it cool. And I'd hang palm trees in everywhere, and I'd play Carmen music. Oh, wow, wow. It was awesome. And I would do it, and we'd have it all out there, and the kids would come in, and they'd be like, cool. I'm like, mm-hmm. I was all about it. I thought, it was, I like cool. I like color. I like colored lights. I love it. I love atmosphere because I think we ought to do our best for the Lord. Make it look nice and make it look pretty. Make it look classic and beautiful. And also it ought to have like the latest contraptions and it ought to be technologically uh, interesting <laughs> in, in a day. I like all that stuff. But that's not why we, we don't do that to draw you in. We're doing that in order to properly give excellence to our worship and to our teaching and to our preaching for the Lord. We do it for the right reasons. And I'm not doing it in order to beg you, to bribe you, or to barter with you, or to try to persuade you that you need to come. We don't put sermon series together in order to try to pull you in. We're not trying to sell you in this consumer kind of uh, a society where churches are literally all standing in line begging for everybody to come. And nowadays, it's like Russian roulette. Everybody's just running around from one church to another. I'm telling you, God is still looking for some folks who will say, this is my house. This is where I'm called. This is where I'm going to get dig in my feet and I'm going to serve wherever God has planted you. That's what we want. But I, we're not here today. I still believe with all my heart that there are not... There's not a bunch of young millennials. You guys, I'm going to help you here. You think I'm talking down at you this morning. I'm not at all. Because as I was sitting in this conference and I heard a couple of the young adults say things like, well, you know what? I don't care who's singing. I, I don't ever check to see what the series is. That's my church. I'm going to be at my church. I'm going to worship with my family. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be there because I love God. Because I want to be in God's presence. And I hear them. And you know what? As I started hearing them, I started thinking of the young 
adults and some of the young people, the teens in our group, I kept looking at your faces and seeing little Ariel up here at the pulpit bringing the house down when she testifies. I'm looking at Diane when she's worshiping and singing on the praise team and tears are coming down her face when old Scott was playing on the drums and he would go crazy nuts in that case in that fish tank up there and he would just be worshiping God with everything he had in him. And I said, oh no, you know what? God still has a people. God still has a church. God still has young adults who want the power of God and the spirit of the Lord at work in their lives. I'm here to tell you, he is still he is still the God of a present day church as he was back in 1955. He is alive and well and the fire is still consuming the altar this morning. Amen. It's got to be exhausting to worry about all those things. All those things. How about this? Who cares if there's no lighting? Who cares if there's no breakfast served? Who cares if there's no big screens? If Jesus is glorified, we're showing up. Jesus is the center of our service. The center of our church. If everything is all about Jesus, you don't have to trick me, bribe me, or coax me. I'm going to be here. You know what's good enough for me, Cindy? What's good? You always help me preach, so I just got to call on you. you. She says amen, and she'll stand up, and I love that. Y'all could take a lesson from her. Let's have like a thousand people just rise up. And just <laughs> Him saving me? July 2nd, 1981, the place of my death. Because, you know, I, I've got a whole new revelation on Hair Arena. And everybody, yeah, everybody always is like, oh, boy, here he goes. You know what happened to me at the Ruach conference? They were talking about that place that you remember, that place that's a memorial. And it was about 8 o'clock on July 2nd, 1981. When W.P. Atkinson was preaching, Gary and Kathy Turner, who I didn't know, was singing a song called Move Me With Your Message. The tears were rolling down my face, and that was the night that I died. That's the night that I surrendered my life and allowed the Lord to change me forever. I became a new creature. Old things died. Paul's words from Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, For I am crucified with Christ. For it is not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, Paul was saying, I live this amazing, awesome, wonderful life. This life I now live, I live by faith in the one who gave his life for me. This awesome truth that, that there is enough in me to thank him for the rest of my days for just saving me, sanctifying me, filling me with this Holy Spirit, giving me the honor, Brother Phil, to be a called minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to have that blessed honor given to me to be an ambassador for the kingdom, to be a child and a son of the most high and living God. That's enough for me. You don't have to turn one light on and I'll still find a dance in my foot. I'll still find a way to worship and honor this God who has given his all for my life. I have enough to praise him all the rest of my days if I just have him at the center of what I am and who I am. But it's right that we remember, that we don't forget to assemble ourselves together just so we remember in order to be a church that's on fire we have to remember that he, Jesus, is enough. Jesus is enough. Don't go shopping at the buffet of churches. Don't think that, oh my gosh, you know, I've got, I just gotta, I gotta think about where I need to go. I mean, this one, I like that series, and and, and I like that light show, and I like that band, and oh, I like that outreach. I, I like that activity. I like, that's all good, and, and that's, that's not why you look for a church, Douglas. You look for a church that God's called you to. And when God calls you, it can be completely different than you think. 
it might not look at all like you thought it was going to look. But if God calls you to, and I believe God still calls people to churches. I believe he calls people to mission fields. I believe he calls us to work together. And, 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 and I, I didn't always go here, but in my life, God changed that plan. And now here I am all these years later, and you're just stuck with me until I take over Brother James's job as a senior adult pastor. You know, when I get old enough, I'll just, oh, well, I am old enough, aren't I? I never thought about that. I ain't interested in taking what he's doing. He is so amazing. Don't you just love him? He's so amazing. He went with us on this trip, and he was a hoot. He is the funniest guy I've ever met in my life. Sister Jones, you must laugh 24 hours a day. <laughs> he's amazing. I love him very much. Okay, a couple of things I'm going to close. If you'll help me. I'll land the plane, as Brother Orville Robinson used to say. Here's the couple of things I want us, if we're going to remain a church on fire, that's what we have to remember. We have to stay on the firing line. The pilot light has always got to be on. We've got to stay in this place where we're sober, we're alert, we're awake. Wasn't it Jesus who pointed out that the churches that he had somewhat of ought against that's been my biggest fear since I've been pastor I realize Jennifer that I am I alone alone youth pastor assistant pastor worship pastor they can't carry what I have to carry I as shepherd and lead pastor of this house I have to lead as God leads me I have to be accountable to him that this be an authentic real deal church of the living God this has to be a place that pleases God that's acceptable to God it has to be real after 103 years man there's been some great revivals in this church there have been some great pastors I'm glad they don't make they don't make DVDs of 1950 because if y'all saw D.A. Biggs behind the pulpit at Old Clayton Street, you wouldn't want nothing to do with me. Tremendous man of God. Robert Graham, Lane Sargent, Ron Medley, men of God. Liz Amberger, who preaches and so full of the power of God. We've had great, great people in our midst and still do. It's my accountability before God right now, Mark, that, that this be a fire church. Sister Priscilla, that this continue to be a fire church. He said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things say he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. How many times have I prayed, God, don't let that be so. Lord, don't let that happen here. God, whatever we got to do. He went on in verse 15. He says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot to another church. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I wrote this down. You can have a reputation for being a church and not actually be a church. Wow. I don't believe that about us, though. I need somebody to agree with me. I don't believe that about us, though. But I do believe that while that's not true, if we're not awake, if we don't stay sober and alert, it can become our reputation. I want to continue. If we advertise that we serve hot plate of mashed potatoes and cornbread and steak, then I want it to be so. I want it to be the real deal. When you come here, I want the plate to be hot. And I want this, the 
power of God, the service to be good. I want the hospitality to be exemplary. I want the servanthood and the love and the ministry outreach. I want it to be the best we can possibly be. I want every person to find their value and to find their fulfillment and their destiny. I want God to give us wisdom on how to accomplish it and to do it to the best of our ability. My heart is that we be a church on fire. He said, I want to call. All right, I, I said this. I want to call. I want to call us hot. And I want it to be so, to be the real deal. What I understand in the word is that he said, stand with me. What I understand in the word is that as we love God, love people, Jesus said, all the laws fulfilled. Love God, love people. If you can't do nothing else, if you have no ability, no talent, no serving abilities, no skills, if you can't do anything else, the best thing you can do is love God and love people. If you do that, you have fulfilled the law. You have fulfilled the law. And he says, at the end of it all, when we stand before him, he says he'll say, well done, good, and faithful servant. So love God, love people, be good, be faithful, be a servant. Do those five things, and we'll be a church on fire. And there's two more things I want to say. A church on fire never burns bridges. We're called to bless our enemies. Somebody say amen. We're called to bless our enemies. That's hard. We need to be so careful about relationships in our church. We need to be very quick to forgive. You can say amen. We need to love. We need to pray. We need to stop the gossip if there is any and stop criticism because that's division and strife and God hates it. Is this all right or I need to open that side door and run out real quick? Gossip, backbiting, tail bearing, division. They don't do it like I would. Well, you're not the pastor, so quit stirring up strife. That's all right. <laughs> Stop labeling people. Stop defining people by their past. Stop letting pe making people feel like they're less than you. We're the body of Christ, and we all need each other. Don't burn bridges. We don't burn bridges here. We build bridges to one another. Lastly, a church on fire burns bright for all people. Now I'm fixing to, I'm going to light you up. You ready? Here's my last statement. Scott, you better get ready. I may need you to protect me after service. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, how bad they've been, how bad they're being. How many of you know sinners are welcome at our church? Sinners. Sinners are welcome here. But don't you dare turn your nose up at somebody. Think they're not good enough for you to speak to. Don't you dare look at someone and label them as, as no hope. Not worthy. The Bible says such were some of you. But you've been washed. And you've been cleansed. Doesn't matter where they come from. Doesn't matter what they've been through in their life doesn't matter what kind of background or past that they've had you and I doesn't matter their lifestyle doesn't matter their trouble doesn't matter their raising doesn't matter if they're rich or poor if they're sick doesn't matter if they've been to jail doesn't matter they're welcome I'm going to say something to you you're welcome here your past does not define you in here we believe now listen somebody says well, what, what is he saying? Here's what I'm saying. All people are welcome in this house. 
every person. If you're breathing and you're human, you're welcome here. We'll work with you, we'll love you, we'll serve you, but we'll also preach a message that Jesus Christ can change your life and can bring redemption and salvation to you, can bring holiness and sanctification into your life. And you, like us, may have once been this way, but you have been transformed. True repentance is accessible to everyone who is under the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. For my love is everlasting. My love goes deep. Deeper than human comprehension. And deep, deeper than you can get out on your own. My power, my love, my mercy, my grace, it's here for you today. You must look to me and no longer lean upon the things of this world to try to satisfy the deep longing in your soul. I am here, says the Lord, and I am here for you. My love will keep you. My love will transform you. I will be real to you, says God. You must trust me. You must give yourself to me and surrender. And as you do, I will show you my power. You will have my strength. You will live within my victory. But you must come to me, says the Lord. I am here and I am waiting. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you need to accept Jesus Christ into your life and you feel that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and you have need that He would be your Savior and that you would trust Him today. If you're here, and you would pray a prayer with me to receive him into your life. And you would do it right where you're standing. We'd make an altar right there at your seat. And you'd say, okay, you know what? I've come here today and I, this, is the, this is the day I'm going to go down. I, I, I'm dying to self and I'm going to come alive to Christ. If you need to be saved, you need Jesus in your heart. Just slip up your hand and write back down. And we're going to pray this morning. And we're going to include you in that prayer. Are you here? Is there anyone at all? God bless you, sir. Anyone else? God bless you. I want to pray today. I need to get things right with God. Me and God right here in this house today. I'm not leaving until things are ready. Who am I waiting on? Is there someone else? I need to make things right with Jesus. These that have lifted their hand. God bless you, man. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Praise God. Christians, are you praying? People are responding to the Spirit of God. This will be the greatest day of your entire life. All of you that have lifted your hands, this is the greatest day of your life. You'll remember it like I've remembered mine. It's gonna, he is going to come into your heart and mind and transform, change everything. We want to be here. We want to be your church to help you. We want to help you to grow in your relationship with him. And we're going to do our very best to love you into strength. Is there anyone else before I pray? Anyone else at all? All right. These that have lifted their hands. We're going to pray this prayer today. We're going to trust the Lord. Church, I want you to help me. We're going to all take them into the throne room together. Let's do this now. Repeat this prayer. This prayer is just words if it doesn't come from your heart. But if you mean this from your heart, your whole life is going to be transformed, and we're just going to help you get there. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you into my life. I make you Lord of my life. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. I confess you today. And I believe it in my heart. 
according to your word, that means I'm saved. So be the Lord of my life. Strengthen me every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Before Pastor Cameron comes, I want you to make just a connection with someone. A hand on the shoulder or somewhere right there. Just Would you make a connection with somebody else in this house today? My heart's desire before God is that we be that place where people are looking for God, searching for God. That the Spirit of God draws them to this house. My heart is that we will always be authentic and real and that we'll be on fire. That we'll continue to have testimonies of healing and deliverance as we have had. This is a place of fruit. This is a place where the power of God is present. Let us all commit to being part of that. We need you. We need you. We need you to be a part of this body of believers. Committed, dedicated, no matter who's preaching, no matter what's going on, you're here to serve. Everybody's serving. Everybody attending. And as we do this together, we're going to be the church on fire that he's looking for in the last day. Let's pray for one another. Would you pray over your brother and sister? Father, we come to you. We thank you today for the word of God. We thank you for your presence and power that's here in this place. Touch us together in the name of Jesus. Lord, our heart's desire is to please you, to be a church that you designed, that you set up when you looked at Peter and you said that you would build the church on you, on the rock. And that truth that you would build, the very gates of hell would prevail, would never be able to prevail against her. I thank you for that. We are confident that, Lord, we are striving in everything in us to be the church that pleases your heart. We praise you and thank you for fire. We thank you for the spirit. We thank you for excitement and exuberance. We thank you for momentum that's in this building. We thank you for the praise that is loud and worshipful. We thank you for those that are quiet, Lord, that love to just connect with you. We thank you that we are connecting with you and your presence. I pray that you will guide us, lead us into outreach, into ministry, into our community, into the world. Continue to anoint us and use us for a, a difference in our society as we come to you now submitting in humbleness before you. Lord, heal our land and please, Lord, use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Can we worship the Lord? Clap our hands. Every once in a while, we need to look in the mirror to remember who we are. Pastor showed us this morning that this is a church that will forever be on fire till he comes. We're thankful for people saved today. Thankful for each and every one of you that came. To those that are visiting with us, we are so glad. Church, are we glad for visitors this morning? Right outside and down the ramp, there is a welcome area right by the bookstore. And we just want to give you a gift just to say God bless you. Thank you for coming today, tonight at 6 p.m., the Mixed Young Adult Service. Be in prayer for them. God bless you this week as you go in God's grace.